What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today we have an amazing guest. He's actually been a mentor for both Josh and myself. He goes all the way back to the Equinox days. He is one of the biggest masters of moving. The man is an amazing individual and really impacts his community on all levels. He is the creator of Animal Flow, and he's an amazing entrepreneur. Please help me welcome the one and only Mike Fitch. It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest. This man, not only is he incredible, but he has really inspired both me and Josh throughout our career when we started as young personal trainers. Feel blessed. <laughs> Truly blessed. He is, a, first of all, he's an entrepreneur. He is a master coach. He is a living legend. He is the creator of Animal Flow. This man is the biggest, most truest mover of them all. Please help me welcome the one and only Mike Fitch. Woo. Wow, man. That is quite an intro. Do I, have to, do I have to send you a check for that later or what? I mean, we, we'll take donations. You know, it's not, it's never, uh, never turned down. We should have one of those uh, little things that come on the screen and it'll be like, deep donate. Oh yeah. Like a 1-800 number. That's what we need. Miss Cleo on here. That'd be fun. How's everything going, Mike? Been a long time since we, uh, we saw yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen you guys in a while. Um, everything's great. So I'm in Boulder, Colorado right now. Right behind the computer on the other side is beautiful mountains. Uh, you know, I'm right at the foothills. So life is good, you know, just, just sticking out this, uh, this phase of our history of human. We hear you. We hear you. I actually got off the phone not too long ago with my aunt, and she was telling me that there was a, that the mayor wasn't calling it, or the governor wasn't calling it, sorry, the governor wasn't calling it like a mandatory shutdown, but apparently he's shutting down all the restaurants, all the whole, all the main things. So it's kind of like a mandatory shutdown. So I was just like, okay. How? And that's in South Florida? Or no, no, I was, where? Hearing in, I was hearing over there in Denver. Oh. My, my aunt was just telling me this literally on my drive over Got here. it. Got it. Yeah, it's so interesting from town to town how it can be so vastly different as far as what the rules and regulations are and how quickly they can change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you and you've been on the you know in the online spectrum of of health and fitness and and teaching certifications for quite a while now. So I I have a feeling that you're gonna you know have an answer to this question, kind of like what what we said on the podcast before about you know feeling ready and feeling prepared for stuff like this. But how has this whole transition for you, Ben, I mean, because obviously for a long time, you guys couldn't do serve. I don't even know if you guys are doing certifications in, per in person right now or not. But, um, you know, it had to have been difficult trying to make that shift and figure out what was going to happen with with your company and, and moving forward from there. So so you you hit the nail on the head, Josh, when you said that we we had been kind of in the online space. And the thing is, we were only doing live workshops since the creation of animal flow. And we, we always said like, we would never do online workshops. This isn't, this is an in-person workshop <laughs> and um, you know, things change. And uh, but the, the cool thing is we did have already in place. We had what we call our animal flow on demand channel, which is a subscri subscription site that has, you know, flows, classes, blah, blah, blah. 
And so that was already in place about six months before everything kind of went down. And so we were already being in that space. We then got, you know, we then watched everyone else really scramble to try to find their footing in the digital world. And so we were, you know, we felt very fortunate that we had a little bit of foresight, not that we of course knew what was coming, but we knew that we needed to get our message and our content out, out there and maximize our reach, reach as many people as possible. And then we figured out that we could also turn our workshops, just, just so you know, guys, we had 250 live workshops scheduled wow. all over the world this year. Incredible. And so that was, yeah, at the beginning of the year, and we have 20 what we call master instructors who can teach the workshops, and we had those guys ready. And we were going to, uh, you know, workshops in 40 countries and then everything changed. And so we had to figure out really quickly if the workshop could be done online. And luckily we found that not only could it be done online, but there were certain little perks and, and ways in which you could make it feel even more intimate. And so in order for, for us to figure that out, I think I did like 10 workshops in a row just to, to work out the kinks and technology was still trying to catch up because, you know, Zoom and every, all the other platforms were getting inundated and they were just, they didn't have, I think the capacity to, to handle everyone in the entire world switching to digital. And so, you know, we were, we were quite lucky that we didn't have any major issues, but, uh, but yeah, it was, I hate to use the 2020 word of pivot, but you know, that's what everyone did. And we all figured, figured <laughs> yep, it out. That's and, right. uh, and luckily, you know, now being at this far into it, um, we're realizing a couple of new cool things, which is we can do hybrid workshops. And so not only, so uh, the way a hybrid workshop would go is we would have, you know, let's say we're doing it in certain parts of, let's just say China, for example, where they still can get larger groups together. So what we would do is we would project and stream one of our master instructors into the room, but we would have two of our level two instructors there in the room as well. That way they could be the hands-on component as our master instructor is actually teaching the workshop. That's amazing. So it did open up new opportunities as well. I'll tell you off the bat, man. I think one of the biggest things here is that workshop wise and as well for the people that are taking your, your workshops and doing these exercises, um, you don't need any tools. Yeah. You don't need any tools. So you don't have to literally buy buy tools um, if you can't afford it or if you can't get it or you don't have access to it, which I know there was a huge shortage on tools when, you know, this whole COVID stuff happened. You know, all these uh, companies would sell tools or running out. You can even buy tools. And the beautiful thing is with Animal Flow, you don't need any of that. You know, so I think that's one of the biggest advantages right there for you guys. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was really interesting when everyone started, when I say everyone, sorry, whenever, when the other kind of brands and companies that were teaching workshops started going online, we all started talking to each other and just, you know, sharing notes and seeing what was working and what wasn't working. And to your point, uh, those who had a tool component were having a really hard time, you know, because, shipping, manufacturing, everything just got, came to a screeching halt. And so those who were teaching workshops that didn't require anything, they're like, well, we can still do this, you know? And so um, it was a really, really interesting time where everyone was just like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What's working? What's... So, um, but you know, we're, we're all figuring it out. 
I, I know initially you got your start with animal flow with Equinox, right? Like that's, that's essentially how, how the cert started kind of going around in circulation. Uh, I just want to clarify that before I, I move on with my question, but. So actually I started the certification. So I, I had started my training career with Equinox and I worked with them multiple times. Um, and then I would resign or I would move to another city and then I would come back to them. They're just, I just think they're a great company. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, starting with them at like 19 in New York city and really cutting my teeth as a trainer and figuring out what the hell I was doing and really relying on their education system. Um, you know, it was a good place to start, but what happened is I created animal flow in Miami. Um, and then after I am bad with timelines, but what's time anymore. So after (laughs) a while I went back to them and actually pitched it to them. And so I pitched it to them, but at the time it was a component of what we were calling the global bodyweight training system. So it was like this full calisthenics movement system. And so I went back and pitched it to them. And then we ended up deciding on, on just working on animal flow for a year. So we did a year exclusivity, but the cool thing about that particular, and sorry, Josh, I know you had a question. I'm just, it's all good. But the cool thing about that particular relationship is that I, I had, you know, they gave me the opportunity to do so many workshops and I was on the road exclusively for their club, just figuring out how to be a better presenter, figuring out how to hone the information even better, you know, just like really, really, again, just sharpening all of my tools with the program. Another thing that they did as well is there was a lot of PR around that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I, did the, all the talk shows, did the magazines and, you know, the, yep. the, the double-edged sword there was, oh, cool. I'm on the cover of a magazine or whatever. But then on the other side of it, it's, they're asking you to take your message, which is probably this big and put it into a soundbite that's this big. Right. So it was always, how many calories can we burn? Can you get <laughs> yeah. stack abs yeah. Yeah. doing animal flow? Like, I'm like, oh, that's, that's not what it's about. Point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's one of the beauties about podcasting, right? Is like we can have these more longer form conversations. So people like you can kind of explain things in a little more, uh, nuance. Uh, before, before we continue, we got to say this was created. Animal flow was created in Miami. Hey, I I had to bring that. I know you said that. So I had to re say it because I'm like, Hey, we got to let the people know. You're such. You're such. A, I always. I always shit on him for being from Miami. So he can. He can take. He can take. We'll give him this win today, Mike. Um, my my question, building off of that, was going to be, you know, since that time when you when you started kind of circulating animal flow through uh, the different Equinox locations, which you know primarily or or really essentially was all trainers, right? Maybe you had a couple staff members that wanted to take or whatever, but all trainers to now. Uh, you know, in 2020, especially with everything that happened with the pandemic, have you seen kind of a transition where now you have, you know, just everyday people, more everyday people taking the certifications, trying to learn more about it? Because I had a, I w- you know, I trained uh, my clients out at Flamingo Track, right, in, on South Beach. And I had one woman come up to me after one of my sessions like, hey, uh, do you train people? Because I saw you doing animal flow with your, with your client. And like, I, I want to learn more about it. It's like, okay, first of all, you're fucking awesome. Cause you know what animal flow is too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. You know? So I thought, I thought that that was pretty, pretty cool. And I knew that we were going to have you on the podcast soon. So I was like, okay, I'm going to bank that question is I'm pretty intrigued to see like if, if there has really been a shift in, in 
more normal, you know, non-trainers coming out and, mm-hmm. and trying to learn more about, you know, movement systems like, like animal flow? Yeah. Great question, man. And so I have to say when, yeah, when we first started, I mean, we considered ourselves a certification education company, you know? And so our, our target audience was anyone who is already an accredited fitness professional, and they could have been a personal trainer. They could have been a group fitness instructor, a yoga instructor, Pilates instructor, whatever. Uh, as we've seen time go on, there has been this huge influx or this, I guess, this huge surge, I should say, in the prosumer. And I guess you guys have probably heard that term before. And that is the consumer who wants to learn more about fitness or health or whatever. So maybe they don't want to be a professional. Maybe they're already a lawyer or, a, you know, you know uh, they already have their profession, but they just want to become more educated. And so we saw a huge surge in that. So um, we actually even had created a title for, for that person. We just called it a specialist. And basically what that meant was they could still take the workshop. They could even go through the test out process. However, if they passed the test out, they didn't get an actual like tr- certification to go teach it. They just got a little, you know, a certification that said you passed, uh, you know, for your own practice, essentially. Super cool. Super cool. And um, with that being said, would you say that a lot of those people later on maybe come back and have thought about maybe becoming coaches? Uh, yes, 100%. And, and actually, we always tell them that uh, even if they test out and then they decide at some point to uh, obtain another training certification, then their certification will, will then morph into the actual teacher certification. So a lot, we've seen that in a lot of people who are just like, you know what, I like doing this so much. I'm going to kind of take on this second job or second profession. And what, what made you want to come up with the concept of animal flow uh, in the first place? I'm, I've always been kind of intrigued to hear, you know, that, that backstory in my, yeah. So I, in my, I was, you know, Anthony, I was about to say I was in Miami I was, I was working at this, this, uh, it was kind of like a collective at the time. So there was a, it was like, and at the time it was, you didn't see this that often. Now it's, it's, it's more common, but it was a gym called you fit and You're a bunch of Cody spot, right? Cody Patrick. Yeah, shout out exactly. to Cody. I was, was going to shout out Cody, shout out Matt Roy, George Whitehead, Brian Kreese, Kathy Donato. So that was like our original crew. And well, you know, guys you know, I used to train at, sorry, let me interrupt. You know, I used to train at shift. I used to train at Cody spot. So, so those, I did, those, I did know that those guys are near and dear to my heart. And Kathy's one of my, one of my really good friends now. So I love Kathy. Shout out to Kathy Donato. Anyone listening, yeah. make sure you follow her. Yeah. And I, I, I knew that you guys would probably know some of those names. So I just threw them out. Um, but it was, you know, and everyone was doing their own thing. Everyone's paying equal rent and it was just a super cool environment for us to learn from each other. And there was no hierarchy. So at, I was, at the time I was, I was just lifting a lot of weights and I was just like, I want to be jacked. And, and, you know, I was significantly bigger and, and bulkier. And I was just, it eventually, you know, just became increasingly aware. I became increasingly aware that I needed to do something different. And so I just decided to do the exact opposite. So I put down the weights a hundred percent and just decided to start exploring body weight disciplines. And so, you know, I got into gymnastics. I went to Miami free running to do parkour. I joined, you know, I started breakdancing. I got a breakdancing coach. I, I eventually found 
uh, a guy, Alan Valdez, who became my gymnastics parkour coach. I visited Miami Circus Arts. Like I just, I just went Super for cool. it. Yeah, and I was fucking terrible at everything. And so <laughs> that's amazing to hear now. Seeing, I know, right? seeing the you know the grace that you move with, it's uh, it's, it's humbling for sure. I can imagine to uh, to hear those stories from other people as well. Like you know, oh, I was terrible at it, and you're like, me too. You know, but you work hard at it, and you know, day by day, you get a little better, right? So out of, out, out of all those categories, where would you say you you would see that the most efficient movers would come out of? Well, they're all so different, right? And so like whenever you look at parkour, parkour, like the true meaning of parkour and being a trasseur is like actually being able to most efficiently get from point A to point B to point C and then make your way back if you want or keep going. And so so that is all about efficiency, right? Whereas b-boying or breaking has you know, it's how you create energy transfers and then like you're either going with them or against them. And it's can sometimes look choppy, sometimes look super, super smooth, but it's always outstanding to watch. You know, uh, it's just every, you know, every single disc gymnastics is totally different, right? Gymnastics would be closer to parkour, you know, which, um, again, there's just similarities between all of them, but, but huge differences as well. So, so to continue with the, the answer to that question, guys, I, I was just, I was like, man, there's so much here that my clients could benefit from, but they're never going to go join an adult gymnastics class or go, like, <laughs> go, go to you know, Miami free running or whatever. So I was like, there's gotta be something that I can do some sort of system that I can create to where they can get similar benefits. And, but the barrier for entry was low. So anyone could come in, feel successful right away. But if you chose to get deeper into it, then you could. And then, or it could be picked apart. So the system could be picked apart and you could use smaller components or, you know, you could use it, the movements as tools depending upon the, the, the person you're working with. And so that was the impetus or the catalyst for why I created it in the first place. And then the whole thing was built upon four concepts. And the first concept is improve the communication connection and function of the human animal. You know, like a lot of people think it's about the actual animal and mimicking animals. And it's not, it's about this. It's about the human animal. Right. So then the second concept was how do we fill in the deficits in someone's physical abilities or their attributes? So, you know, most people only express one side of the spectrum where maybe they're just looking at their ability to be strong and powerful. Right. Or maybe if you have a yoga practitioner, they're looking at their ability to be mobile and stable and bendy. So how can we have this system that can blend and connect all of those deficits and make our powerful person more bendable, make our bendable person more powerful and all those things in between. The third thing is how do we make the bodies more resilient? And so, you know, by us putting hands and feet in contact with the ground and moving our body through all these different positions at every joint, we're bathing our tissues in this downpull of gravity. And, and by doing that, we're making more resilient tissues and joints. And then lastly, community, you know, such a huge thing of animal flow is community. Well, I'll tell you off the bat, you know, obviously us experiencing ourselves and seeing the way that animal flow has really grown community wise. Um, it's, it's one of the most unique methods that are out there. Um, you know, that really, when it started to 
the process it's taken to where we see it now and how it just continues to grow and evolve. It's like so many people know it. And then at the same time, there's so many people that are like new to it and they're like, Oh my God, I didn't even know that this existed. This is amazing. <laughs> so it's so cool to see the growth and also the reactions of the new people, how, how it really just plays off, you know, one another. I think it's just amazing because every time, you know, also as well, every time I come across somebody else who's tried animal flow, it's just like, the way that they're like, oh my God, I never thought I could move like this. Or, oh my God, I never thought, I never thought this could be an exercise. You know, it's just really cool when you really dive into the way people view it or think of it and the, and the answers they give to it. Sometimes it's so many completely different answers, the way that they perceive it. And I think it's just so cool that it, in a way it can be perceived in so many in different ways. And I think that makes it unique. Yeah, man, you, you, you really laid down some gold there. You know, like you said, for some people, it's, it's dance. For some people, it's their hit training. For some people, it's just to get some variety in their other styles of, of working out. You know, it's just for some people, it's their, their movement meditation. Like there's so many different ways to experience it. And, you know, it's like when you meet someone else that does it, you're like this, you know, really, we're like brother and sister in animal flow. And, you know, especially with our instructors, it's really cool to see that, you know, when travel was still more of a thing, if someone was going to another country, they would say, you know, Hey, I'm going to be in Dubai. Who's in Dubai. And then you'd have six people. They're like, yo, let's get together. Let's flow. And so that's, that's just cool because it's like bringing people together with movement and you all speak the same language. It's like, let's not get a drink. Let's go flow. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's a much, much yeah. better alternative. How does it make you feel to know that you've built, you know, such this dynamic, amazing, you know, strong community. Cause for so many people, you know, who might want to go down an endeavor, like you went down in the back of their mind, they're always thinking like, Oh, well, you know, there's no way I can fucking do this. Like, you know, I'm just one person there. I can't, you know, create this massive community of, of, I mean, we're talking thousands of people, thousands, you know, probably even close to getting close to, you know, tens of thousands of people, you know, or more using, uh, your methodology. So, you know, how does it make you feel to kind of look back over the years and, and, and realize like how, how great of a thing that, that you built? I mean, in the beginning, I think it was ignorance is bliss, man. Like just, to, you know, I was, I didn't know enough to know better than to think that I could do it, you know? So it was, and I say that jokingly, but it's kind of one of those things where, Probably if I knew what I know now, I may have been too scared to start, but, you know, starting and just knowing what the passion was, knowing what the message was, knowing, you know, that people really dug this thing. And, and you know, that was the way that I knew people were really into it is I started with my clients first and they were like, Oh, this is cool. I mean, you know, what is this? And then I moved into um, inviting everyone else's clients to start doing more group classes and then I, I saw right away, there was this thing where it resonated with people. And again, they liked doing it together. And so that was enough. After that, we, we shot a, um, an instructional video and then we put it out. It was the first thing we put out for sale and it started doing really, really well. And we started getting, you know, all this great feedback. And I was like, holy shit, man, this is a thing. Like this is actually going to work. And then from there, it was just the passion that, that drove everything forward. No, 100%, man. I think it's just, it's just really beautiful to see the, the, the coming to fruition of, of what you've created. And 
my next question for you is seeing the way this has grown, how much of an impact and how much time have you guys put into the marketing aspect of animal flow to really get that name out there? Because, you know, you guys do a tremendous job, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you off the bat, you know, when you see that on, on a website, on social media, on anything, you see the movement, it literally catches people's attention. So I know that yeah. in a way, this style was made for exposure, made for it to be seen as well. And I think definitely that helps tremendously. So I want to dive into into um into your into your experience of how you guys did the marketing, how'd you guys mm -hmm. launch it, what were some of your ideas and how and and was it heavily on you at the beginning or did you have a team of people around you helping you with that? Great man, great question. So whenever I first started, <clears throat> um I had a client by the name of Karen Mahar and we back. Sorry. Um, I'm back. I, I had a call coming through. Uh, so Karen was one of my clients and, and she, uh, she had a film degree uh, along with a master's in sociology. And so I started recruiting her to help me like figure out how to put up a blog or how to shoot a video. And so this is, remember, this is 10 years ago. So this is before <laughs> you had like these really nice 4k, you know, cell phones, you know, this is when she had like a big camera from film school. And, uh, so that was really interesting. Also, you know, YouTube was kind of the thing at the time. Facebook was there, but you know, not everyone was using it. Instagram was, you know, no one knew what Instagram was. And so the first really big, you know, so we started, we started figuring out like, how do we market this on our, on our own? And we, so the first thing was build an email list and then, you know, try to build a YouTube channel. And so after that, it was, we had the Equinox deal and that whole thing with them, as I mentioned, it was great, but, but we didn't see a huge bump in all of the media stuff that I did. So like, you know, even the talk shows, even the magazines, we wouldn't see like a huge bump, but what it did is it planted a seed. And so at least people were like, oh, wait, you know, like, like two years later, they're like, oh, I think I heard of that thing. So it, it really planted a seed. And then from there, when we went uh, independent again from Equinox, we, we started, you know, getting a little bit more savvy in how we, how we were promoting and marketing. And so we started getting more into um, building our Instagram account. We started getting more into Facebook marketing and taking ads out and running those ads. And at that point we did start taking on more um, employees. And so we had an actual marketing person. And so then it was, wow, how can we maximize how we put the content out? And then, you know, um, because now you guys know there's so much you can do with ads on oh, yeah. all of the platforms. Now it's like nothing to do that. Right. Or it, it's not nothing, but now it's much easier to do that. It's not just email lists and YouTube anymore. Like you can do so much more now. Uh, but some of the things that, that we did, you know, in the past is, our second, our, our independent big promo video we had was just called This is Animal Flow. And the reason that we did that is because the Equinox video was, was me doing Animal Flow as I was like running through the woods and people were like, that looks cool. I Man, remember I that. What the fuck that is? <laughs> and they're like, so I have to go into the woods? I'm in a gym. <laughs> I'm on a screen. Like, I don't understand. 
So, so yeah, so that was the first one. And so then our kind of response to people's confusion was um, putting out this video called this, this is animal flow. And it was just me in a studio. And that, that video did really, really well because it was simple. It was like the best representation of what animal flow was at that time. And that was even six years ago, you know, and then we most recently shot a new promo video and we'll, you know, and we've been watching that grow. And so it's always just been this combination of learning and pushing and learning and pushing and learning and pushing and, um, and then figuring out how we can utilize organic growth. And then that way, you know, we can figure out who our customers are and who our people are, who our tribe is. Yeah, I think it's so important, especially when you talk about marketing, but just in general, even when you're, you know, developing your product and you, and you mentioned it uh, about, you know, testing animal flow out on your clients and other people's clients and group classes and building it from there. But it's it's super important to understand your target market, right? Your your defined demographic that you're going after. You know, how how were you able to kind of dial that in as you were developing it? Was Did it just come, as you said, like or, organically where you know, you realize like, okay, well, my clients and then if, if other people in these age groups, like how did it work out for you mm-hmm. where you could kind of come to the realization like, okay, these are the people that we really want to target moving forward? Yeah. So whenever, whenever I first started doing the classes, it was, what was happy was becoming abundantly clear that they were all incredibly diverse. So it was, you know, both men and women, they were all shapes and sizes it was like there was no specific type. And so then moving forward, now, you know, you can look at all the logistics and you can see like, who is, you know, who is enjoying this? Who are my followers or who, you know? So we ended up realizing that for us, when we looked at the numbers, it was almost 50-50 men and women. And the age range was anywhere, I think, from like 25 to 55. So it was like a pretty big age range. Yeah. And so was, we were just like, oh, cool. Everyone wants to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes it easier for you, right? Yeah. And then we would, you know, and, and again, this is not my, my expertise, but, you know, then we would, you know, create lookalike audiences and we would really be able to dial in. A, a lot more uh, into where are the people coming from that would be interested in this. And, you know, typically it would be, you know, let's just say, for example, people that like kettlebells and mace or, you know, people that like yoga or so, and, and now we're in a place where we are going to different demographics. So now we're in a place where either at the end of this year or next year early, we'll launch animal flow kids and then we'll have Super our cool. teens program and then we'll have our elder elder program. So it's like, you know, we, we want to bring it to everyone of all ages. Well, when my, uh, when my baby Stella gets old, oh, she's going to go nuts I'll with definitely it. put her in that. She's already doing some moves. Oh, I feel she's like already, I got her in Jimboree there and, in, in uh, right there in Merrick park, she's destroying it. I don't know. I've seen, I've seen some of those stories, Mike. I think that he has more fun at that place than, <laughs> than his do. daughter. Than his daughter do. does. <laughs> There's like bubbles going around. You see his daughter, she's catching them. Mendes is catching them. <laughs> I'm a kid, man. <laughs> So don't ever stop. Yeah. That's right. Right. So what's the, the, the next evolution? I know that you kind of talked about, you know, the different types of programs you want to put out, but is there something like, you know, real big that you, that you're forecasting out that you can share with us or, or is there like a direction that you want to head in or that you see the field heading in? Or um, new movements too. Yeah. 
We still need. We need what some. What was that? Let's take a question. Uh, you know, or, just or new movements as well. Yeah. By the way, we new need movements. Yeah. We need some more level two level two courses down here in Miami. I feel like, you know, you spend so much time here, we don't get enough love, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, but unfortunately, I haven't been there in a year. Yeah. <laughs> but you're you're right. You're right. We definitely need more level two courses in Miami. Um, I can tell you one big thing that we are going to do or that's coming up. And we have a couple cool things coming up. Uh, We are going to build our actual home base animal flow facility here in Boulder. And so it's going to be a pretty big project. And we're going to build it out so that we can both film and teach workshops and have a class schedule. And, you know, so it would be you know, similar to the way that on it has their mecha gym, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. So it'll, it would be very similar to that. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm guys, I'm soup. I can't tell you how excited I am about this, you know, and we'll have, um, you know, we have a very good local, uh, base of animal flow instructors. So it's going to be really cool to watch all of them teach the rotating classes. And, you know, again, we can continue to shoot for on demand there. So that's something that we're pretty stoked about. We also have something coming up very soon, maybe even within the next week. We have a, a, a really cool ebook for for uh, martial arts and combat sports. Okay, awesome. And so that was written by all of our master instructors who are like that's their specialty. So like each style is another master instructor because they actually have have experience in that. I do not. I didn't write a, a single thing for this book because I was not about to play. Like, let me put it out there right now. <laughs> yeah, let me just say this. Let me get this on camera right now. I make no claims. Like I, I was, I was in judo for like a year when I was fifteen. That's it. Like, yeah, I, I have a so. couple. I have a couple of friends that are like, "Oh, you need to get into jujitsu." I'm like, you know, there's just something about f- fucking myself up that I don't really like about you know the sound I did it for of a year. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's coming out. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, kids, and then we'll just continue to build, um, content for our on-demand channel. So now that you're building this home base over there as well, are you seeing coaches from other cities saying, Hey, I want to move over here? Uh, it's, it's possible. I think what we will see is we'll see a lot of people, a lot of other instructors wanting to come through and just visit and just, you know, spend the day and, and, you know, attend the classes and just hang out. So I think it will probably be like 90% instructors. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll definitely catch just, us out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, you'll have to let us know when, uh, when you're about to open and we'll, we'll make sure that we, we get out That'd there. That'd be great. And support you. Love to have you guys out. And you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, you know, you're doing something like that and developing something that's going to be, you know, so substantial, not only for the community, but, but for health and fitness in general. And and one of the things that I've always really uh, appreciated about you was your willingness to work with other companies, right? You mentioned on it, mm-hmm. uh, Equinox. Mm-hmm. And I feel like too often in the fitness industry, there's like this, this battle between, you know, certifications or, you know, uh, movement, uh, systems on like, Oh no, well we can't work with them or we can't do this because the right one. eh? They compete with us. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, you have your body weight movement on and has theirs. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's plenty more out there, but something about, you know, your ability to just kind of put all that aside. and, And we talked to Shane Hines about that too, as well. 
you know, and, and really kind of coming together as a, as a fitness community, like, why do you think that that's so important? And, and when did you kind of come to the realization? Because I think that we all go through it, right. Where it's like, Oh, me against you, especially when you're a trainer, right? Like mm-hmm. if we're both mm-hmm. training in the same gym, there's only so many clients that we both can have. So if he gets one, that's one less for me. Um, even though we all know that that's not really how it works. Like there's, there's enough people, to yeah. train, uh, enough people to teach. So like, what was it when, when was that aha moment for you? And like, what type of impact have you seen, uh, since you've kind of, you know, taken on that, that role of like, okay, well, you know, we're all in this together. Yeah. So when I was first started training, and I was really young, the, the old guard used to be like, everyone was fighting. Right. So it was always like, it's this way or fuck you. you know? <laughs> so it was everyone saying that their way was the best and then your, their way would get more results. And this person was smarter than the other person. And it was just so ridiculous to me at the time. Even then I was like, why is everyone fighting when the goal is the same? Like the goal is to help people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so as, as I, I uh, started attending more and more certifications and, and started to realize that a lot of people are saying very similar things, they're just either using different words or different tools. And so that's, and then I was like, man, we are all stronger together, right? There's no reason that anyone should be arguing over one method or saying that one method's better than another. And so that's why whenever I would go into an Onnit cert or an FRC cert or, you know, um, a Viper cert or whatever, I would just be like, this is some great content. Why would I not be promoting this? You know, why would I not be, make friends with these guys? And so it, it, it was, um, it was an easy conclusion for me to come to is just realizing that, that we should all be promoting each other. And so even though we may have a different perspective or a different approach to how we get the job done, it's all good. As long as you're not hurting anybody, it's great. That's right. Everything works. Um, but yeah, and, and it is funny that there still are a lot of, uh, especially in the movement space more than any other space, I think, or maybe the kettlebell space or whatever, but, um, in the movement space, especially there's a lot of, you know, fights between methodologies still. And and I'm just like, guys, can't we get past this? (laughs) Like you don't own movement. You know, you can't, you have your thing. I have my thing. That guy has his thing. It's all good. So yeah, it does, it does become a little bit ridiculous, but I, there has been a huge shift, I think, especially in the other certifications. Yeah. I think over the past, you know, at least since we gotten in the field, you know, about, you know, 10, 11 years ago, definitely has changed. I I remember, you know, coming up the ranks in in strength and conditioning, like being an intern in my undergrad and, and grad school. And then, just hearing like some, some of the arguments of strength coaches, oh, well, you know, this system is bullshit and that I'm like, well, if it, you know, if it works for them and like the people that they work with, who, who really cares? You know, it's like, you're not training them. You know, you're not even, even arguments in the gym, you'd be like, what do you guys, why are you guys fighting? Like, first of all, it looks super unprofessional, but why are you guys fighting about this? Like, you know, if, if the client has a shit ending grin on his face, like he's happy, let him spend his money, you know? Well, and that's the key, right? So if you can have the best program in the world, if someone hates doing that program, they're not going to do that program. So then what's the point? Yep. Mm-hmm. However, if they're getting enjoyment out of this thing and that makes them bump up their adherence so they want to do it more, that's winning. 
Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, like I was one of those people when I got to Equinox, I come from a, you know, strength conditioning, Olympic lifting, power lifting background. And I would see people like, you know, crawling on the floor doing, uh, you know, crab reaches, stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, come on. Like, I don't, you know, I'm here to pick up a barbell. Like I want to get as you were early in your career too. Right. Like I, all I wanted to do was get freakishly strong and big. And then I started to realize like, well, my shoulder hurts now. Or like, you know, I would go train with uh, our friend Kavan Daly, you know, Kavan. And um, I couldn't like do club mills the way he could do them. I'm like, why not? He's like, well, you move like shit, man. You know, all you do, <laughs> all you do is stand on the deadlift platform or in a squat rack. Like, you know, you're not athletic. I was like, what do you, I thought I was super athletic. No, 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 man. You're not athletic. Like you got to, you got to move more. And then I started to realize like, well, maybe he's right. You know, started and then dove into, that's when I dove into animal phone. I was like, a whole new avenue opened up for me in my training, right? More range of motion, more strength. I didn't feel like shit in the morning, you know? So to your point, it really is about just kind of finding where these different systems fall into place for you and, and what your clientele need, right? At the end of the day, like you don't have to, all, you don't have to do what you did, right? Which is like drop all weights altogether and, you know, dive head first into body weight training uh, and calisthenics, but you can find slivers of where it'll help. You know, you can find uh, little avenues and little pieces of, of your system and of the Onnit system and FRC and, you know, powerlifting in order to come up with a, a program that best suits your clientele. Yeah. And what you just demonstrated, Josh, is, is wisdom. And, and so the thing is, in the fitness industry, we see all the time where people will just, until the day they die, just go, nope, this is what I think. And I'm just going to stick to this. But what you just did is an excellent example of someone going, I used to think this, then I learned this, and now I think this. And so I think if we're all able to give ourselves the permission to continue to do that, that's how we continue to grow, right? Yep. 100%. It's like when I told Josh that I'm like, Josh, why, why are you training with a waist trainer on? <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I mean, I do live on South Beach, man. So, you know, figure, figure matters. <laughs> so I want to dive into a little bit about now that we're talking about, you know, Josh had mentioned, you know, how he was stuck on one way first, you know, coming from the strength and conditioning background. And then, you know, he got exposed to animal flow. Um, but at first he was a little more resistant. What is your biggest piece of advice coming from the creator um, to, you know, other coaches out there, or maybe even people who haven't tried animal flow? What's the best way to, if you had to introduce it to your client, because I know even, you know, back at Equinox and I'm sure Josh as well. I remember there'll be times where it'd be animal flow or a kettlebell or something that a client might not be used to would be somewhat very resistant to wanting to even try it. So what's your best way when it comes to animal flow to be able to sprinkle that onto your client and be able to show them the benefits of it? Um, but at the same time, respecting, you know, what they want as well. Yeah. You know, and I think that that always is the key as a coach, right? Or a trainer is giving them a little bit of what they want and a lot of what they need. And then like figuring out that perfect ratio of that. And, you know, I always say with new instructors, I always tell them like in the courses, don't go in the gym on Monday and make all of your clients do an hour of animal. They're going to hate you for that. They're going to hate you for that. And they're going to leave you. So what you can do is first of all, make sure that you really understand, you know, the concepts or at least the, the movements to a point where you can start 
um, effectively coaching them to your clients. And then again, just like you said, you just start sprinkling it in and so, you know, okay, we're going to warm up with something we call a crab reach since Josh already mentioned that earlier, or we're going to do this activation before you lift, you know, do your heavy deadlifts today. And so it's just a way of just showing them like, wow, this can still be really challenging and it's going to push you outside of your comfort zone. But that's okay as well, right? Because we want you to keep growing as this human animal, if you will. So, you know, just, just sprinkling it in. And then we, you know, typically what you'll see is, is they'll be a little bit scared in the beginning. They'll be sore in different ways. They'll come back in and be like, Hey, can we do a little bit more of that? (laughs) Or they'll come back in and be like, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Then it won't matter. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm really happy that you mentioned that kind of buffer period for people to try things out. And and I always try to refer to, you know, certifications or workshop or, or any, you know, personal development that you take as like reading a book, right? It's like every time I hear someone like, oh, I read 150 books in a year. I'm like, okay, but you retain none of that information, right? Like you're just churning and burning them to say that you accomplished it, which, you know, kudos to you reading an, a, an enormous amount of books is, is still a, a pretty good feat, but I barely read what, what, <laughs> but what audible baby, <laughs> you know, but what, what context are you getting out of that? Right. Whereas I, right. you know, I always try to tell people or those people are like, well, what do you do when you read books? It's like, well, I'll, I'll go on audible. I'll listen to it. If I like it and I think I want to dive more into it, then I'll buy the hard copy and I'll go through it and I'll yeah. highlight and I'll make my notes. And, and then I try to apply what the book is telling me to, to apply to see, you know, like I mentioned before, those pieces I can take out of it, or if it's just a system as a whole, I want to use, you know, so I'm really glad that you brought that up because too often I feel like people do what you just said not to do, right? It's like, okay, I learned this piece of information. I'll implement it for two weeks. Oh, it didn't work. You know, this is shit. It's like, well, no, you know, it takes time. You have to hone in on the skill, the person that you're working with or, or whatever tool you're using, right? Like have to get better with, with them. Um, and it, and it takes a process, you know, so being patient and, and really understanding how it applies to you, I think is super important before as a coach, you go out there and try to implement it with other people. Man, absolutely. And that's, that's that, you know, we see that with, in the certification field, we see certification junkies, you know, people that will just go like to one cert after the other, after the other, after I've, the other. I've it's done just, it. I've done it on yeah. before, you know, burnout four or five in a, in a three month span. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, how can you absorb that information and what's the takeaway and then figuring out how you're going to take away that information and, and really integrate it into your understanding, your current understanding, you know? So, you know, and that's, that's that skill acquisition thing. Like we can only work on so many skills at any given time. And so if you want to learn something, if you truly want to learn something, you know, Give it the time that it deserves, and then you can make your decision on if it works or not. You know, I mean, just as an example, and I already mentioned FRC earlier, I think I've taken FRC six times. Like wow. I've taken it so many times because I get so much out of it every single time that I take it. And I'm, I, I still feel like I'm working on it, you know, I mean, as far as my understanding of it. And uh, we, we see that same thing with the animal flow workshops where people will come in and you know, we have people that have taken it five times, level one and level two, four times. And it's just like, oh, you get it. You get it. But you can keep learning the same thing. And then even when you think you have this understanding, just going back to the basics, now you understand so them all over again. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, having that underlying foundation of understanding, right, is, is so important because there are so many little nuances uh, within each individual movement, right? There's mm-hmm. so much we can learn about the human body and it, and it, it's that time under tension, right? Essentially f- to keep it in like exercise science terms, that, that is really when you get that feedback, you know, and animal flow is great because you have that connectivity to the floor as well, right? With a lot, with most of the movements, which gives you a lot more of the feedback that you're looking for. Yeah. It's a sensory rich experience, right? So, I mean, hands and feet, and that's why I mentioned earlier, um, you know, the, the first underlying concept or the first concept of animal flow is improve the communication connection and function of the human animal. And one of the best ways to, to bring someone back into their body and to increase their communication. And when I say communication, the communication with themselves on a conscious level and a subconscious level, uh, if you will, is hands and feet in contact with the ground and have them figure out some sort of movement puzzle. It doesn't have to be animal flow. It can be anything. But just in doing so, it brings them back and invites them back into their system. Because you guys know, people come into the gym, in the, into the gym and they're everywhere else but in their body, right? Mm-hmm. So they're... They're thinking about what, what happened on Instagram. They're thinking about, you know, their relationship. They're thinking about everything else. I'm going to take that picture after I work out in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then, so, you know, and then they come in and they lift weights and not, not that we're lifting weights or doing, you know, anything external is bad, but then the focus becomes on the external thing. Right. So maybe it's on focus. It's the focus is also on their technique, but it's still how am I moving this object from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. So that's why it is nice to bring people back into their bodies and make them responsible for how they move their vessel through space. Well, I, re- I really love off the bat with, you know, my personal experience when I first did animal flow, it was just, you know, like Josh said, it's a feedback you get, you know, for me, it was, it was these micro aha moments throughout the, um, that first attempt that I did in the, in the, in the course. And it was just like, okay, this I am very weak at this my my wrists are killing me. <laughs> my hips are killing me. I'm like, holy shit! I can't even drive myself all the way up here. I am tight, you know. So, off the bat, it was just like, it's such it's such an amazing way to get tremendous feedback about your own body, um, you know, even even with your own mind as well, you know, because that's that's off the bat one of the biggest things I tell people when you do animal flow, like, you think you think it's just bodily challenging. It's fucking mindset challenging. Like you have to have a, your mind needs to be like solid, you know, obviously you build that solid mindset through it, but it really challenges you, you know, on a hundred percent. Well, I think, you know, a good way of putting it too to people is, you know, it's just like anything that you do in your job, right? If you want to get better at, you know, working on Excel, like that's a skill. You mentioned movement is a skill. People don't, people, because they they move like that's what their body is intended to do. They don't think of it as that. Right. But it, it is something mm-hmm. that you have to be intentional with. It is something that you have to bring a, a serious amount of focus with. If you want to get better at, as you said, moving your body or moving a, an item or an object from point A to point B, right. People plug their headphones in. They just, you know, no warm up. start going right mm-hmm. to the dumbbells and doing curls and presses. And it's like, listen, like there is a process behind this. If you do want to actually improve you know, there are plenty of people like us that are out there that can help you do that, you know, through necessary progression. And, you know, that's one of the best things about animal flow is all of the progressions, but more importantly, I mean, you brought it up, 
the regressions and, and the, you know, the components of it that are, in my opinion, even harder than the total, you know, the movement as a global uh, thing in itself, you know, it's like, can you just pick up your hand and pick up your opposite foot and hold that and not, you know, not move. And you see people and it's like, uh, I, I don't, you know, are you a newborn baby? It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing what you could do with all the foundational movements. Like even if you're moving super slow, super fast in between, mm-hmm. you know, like to me, it's just, it's amazing how many steps you can go through it with just one movement at a time. Yeah. And it's all the spaces in between, you know, and I, 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 I I love what both of you guys said, like, you know, going back to the basics, just seeing if someone can coordinate lifting the opposite hand and foot. And you see like this pause, right. Where they're just go, Holy shit. This is like the hardest thing I've ever done. And then you go, yeah. You're sweating profusively. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And that's where the magic is when your bot, when your brain is, is so lost for even what pathways it needs to go through to figure out something that's what's up. Like that's the gold. And so I don't think people give themselves enough, um, enough, uh, ability or permission, I should say to be bad. And, you know, I, I, that's a message I used to always use is like, go be bad at a lot of things, you know, cool. keep a beginner's mind. Like, you know, nope. because if we, if we just do what most people do, which is the things that we're good at and strong at, then how are we continuing to grow? we're just, we're just doing the same shit. Right. And when, and maybe we have incremental increases, but again, like it's, 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 it's boredom for our mind. It's laying down the same stress and the same lines in the body. It's just like, you know, it's just our bodies want to be challenged in different ways. You know, they're, they're adaptation machines. So once we just give it the same stimulus for so long, it's just like, now what? Come on, give me something new. It's our brains that hold us back, right? Because our, our brains are like, no, don't be bad at something. Do the thing that makes you feel good. Go get on the bench press. Yeah. yeah. Failure is feedback. Yeah. That's correct. Well, Mike, we're almost at an hour. And, you know, I know Anthony has a couple of rapid fire questions he wants to ask you uh, right before we finish. But, you know, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, you know, the the things that you've done in your career have influenced so many people. I mean, you're, you're talking to two of them, right? Like my career definitely wouldn't be where it is today if it weren't for animal flow in part. And, uh, you know, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for, you know, doing what you've done in the fitness industry and being such an amazing role model for people to, you know, step outside of their comfort zone and and really challenge themselves to try something new, you know, even if it might look a little funky, uh, to other people in the gym, you know, go out there and, you know, put forth your best effort and, and, you know, all the best things will come. So, you know, thank you for coming on here, Mike, and thank you for everything that you do for, for us in the fitness industry. Yeah. We really well, appreciate thank it. Thank you man. so much for that. Yeah. Thank and you guys. That was very heartfelt. Thank you. Appreciate how, that. how can people reach out to you? What's the best way that they can get in contact with you? Um, so if they want to, to check out animal flow official, you know, that's our Instagram or they can just go to animalflow.com and then they can contact us, you know, uh, the company that way. Um, uh, if, if you want to reach out to me individually, uh, Mike at animal flow is email and then, uh, Mike Fitch dot AF. Is that it? Mike Fitch AF dot AF. We'll tag it. I, I don't even, yeah, we we'll, ta- we'll, ta- we'll tag it. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's how bad I am in my own personal <laughs> social media. That's all right. We'll, we'll tag it in there for you. We'll put it all over the place. And um, do we know when the location drop is going to be for the hub? 
I can tell you that we're going to start looking at real estate uh, like January 1st. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, let us know uh, when all of that is kind of coming to, together. If there's anything we can do, uh-huh. you know, in the meantime, let us know as well. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely be out there to check it out. Maybe when the... Uh, when the snow melts out there in yep. Colorado, <laughs> in Colorado, it's a little too cold for us Miami boys. I mean, you know how that is. Yeah, I certainly do. Yeah. So now I'm gonna hit you up with some questions over here. <laughs> Quick burn. Can out. you give me one second? Gotcha. Can you give me one second? I'm sorry, guys. We can edit that out. Yeah, I got uh, you. Our, our crew's starting to get here for the, the day. No, um, what's up? <clears throat> All right. So rapid fire questions. Question number one, if you, which is your favorite animal flow movement if you had to pick one? Uh, if I had to pick one, I would say crocodile roll. Boom. Question number two. It's a good one. Besides animal flow, what's, your other fa- what's another tool that you like to use when you're training? And do you mean external tool or just another method? Just any tool. Just a, it could be a method. Manner. Yeah, method. Okay. Then I would say if it were method, I would say FRC again. If it were tool, I would say kettlebell. Boom. Next question. What was the craziest experience you had while teaching at a workshop? Uh, I watched a girl kick another girl in the face when it did not need to happen because the other girl had no business trying to coach this other girl while she was in the middle of a movement. So I watched her get knocked in the head really bad. So that was probably a big wake up. Woo. <laughs> Jeez. That must've sucked. Other question. Are we going to possibly see a satellite animal flow hub in Miami? A satellite. Oh, um, so we're going to start with this one and then we're going to see how it goes. And if it makes sense to start popping up some other ones in choice places. That's a good answer, but we, love we, it, we do it. miss you down here, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm poking at it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. I would love, I look, I would love to, to make normal or regular trips back to Miami again, hang out with you guys and all of our crew down there. That's the original crew. Yeah. Well, you're always welcome, man. You're always welcome here in the studio and and in Miami. Always. And you know we're going to have you live here one day, so that'll be the bomb. Oh, for sure. Last question. What's the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to all our listeners today? Uh, I I, I think, you know, a line that I always really like is um, keep a child's mind and leave the ego behind. And so, you know, that, that does point back at some of the things that we've already been talking about, which is explore, be bad. It's okay to play. It's okay to say when you used to believe in something, now you believe in something new, like all of those things. Like, I think that line just is, is a nice representation of all the things that we've talked about. And so I think, um, again, you know, don't be afraid, don't be afraid to play and don't be afraid to be bad at some shit. Guys, you heard it from the man himself. Keep the child mind and leave the ego behind. Appreciate you again, Mike. Have a great day. Much love. See you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.